listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I have Catherine Camilleri on with me right now. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Catherine is in Australia. Why don't you tell them a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So I live in Sydney, Australia. Um, I'm 32 years old. Um, I have been walking with Jesus for, I think, about eight years now. I think eight years. Um, I'm still living at home. Um, My mum can't get rid of me just yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that's pretty much, I guess, all there is to really, yeah, know about me. Awesome. And you work in ministry, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. So I work for Jennifer Eva. So that's, I've actually just uh, newly come onto her team. So that has been, it's such a, it's such an honor and such a, such a big, big blessing. So yeah, I'm really, really loving it. That's awesome. So I want to go way back. You said that you've been walking with Jesus for eight years now. Did mm-hmm. you have any experience of Jesus or church or anything when you were a little girl? So we grew up in the Catholic Church. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I heard of Jesus, but he was kind of like this distant God. Like I didn't know him. So I knew of him. And like, so we were in the Catholic Church, but we, we didn't go, um, we didn't attend regularly. It would be like Easter, Christmas. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's such a different experience in Catholicism, especially yeah. if it's not the charismatic Catholic movement. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just um, I remember like there were times where like me, mom, and my sister we would go. Mom would like drag us. <laughs> I just remember sitting in the Catholic Church, and I always just felt like this is so boring. Like it's dead. Like there's nothing. Like literally, like you couldn't feel. It. it just felt like emptiness. You know. Yeah. So yeah, fast forward eight years, it makes a lot of sense now. But when you're yeah. in it, you don't you don't realize. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what were the events that led up to you finding Jesus? Because I know a little bit of your story, but obviously the listeners don't. So I know that your background was not fun or easy for a number of years there. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't. So okay, so pretty much uh, the way that it, the events leading up to that event uh before it started i i grew up we we had a good um we had a good upbringing Mm -hmm. um but there were issues between me and my dad at the time so i grew up with not really the best relationship with my dad And, and then i guess that led me to seeking love in different from different places so i ended up getting in i was just like in the wrong relationships wrong relationships you know cheated on types of abuse and um it just yeah it just led me down a really really dark path uh the last uh breakup that I had um before I was saved it 
yeah, it was really, really hard for me and I really just, I couldn't deal with the pain. I could not, I couldn't handle feeling that type of pain. So I just uh, turned to drugs, turned to alcohol, turned to um, a party lifestyle and I was literally like, yeah, on drugs, like any day of the week that I could get, if I could get my hands on it, I would do it. I was in and out of jobs. I couldn't hold a job. Um, all I knew and all I wanted was to just not feel the pain. So I would just like, you know, I was just this p- crazy party girl. If people wanted to go out and have a good time, oh, let's call Kat, let's go out, you know. So, yeah, and then that uh, within itself led to um, a lot of wrong things like um, psychics, voodoo, uh, Ouija boards, just, you know, witchcraft and, um yeah that opened up a whole different realm to me. So you said voodoo. When I think of voodoo, I think of, you know, voodoo dolls and pretty nasty stuff. So what was going on with that? Yeah. So uh, there was a friend that I had and and we just liked to experiment and uh, we were curious. Um, And so there were a few times, so uh, more so with uh, the voodoo side of things, we didn't really know if it worked or mm-hmm. what, you know, what really is too much involved with it. But, uh, yeah, there were times that we we did voodoo on people. We would, um, yeah, like it's, it sounds so crazy. I would never even think of doing anything like that now, but no. I can't even believe this even happened. But, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, we would do voodoo on people. So we would get like pieces of hair of people or like pieces of their clothing or anything that would resemble them and we would tie it to just like literally a Barbie doll literally um yeah and then we would like say like incantations over it we would burn their hair like just crazy crazy things yeah that's probably one of the most yeah extreme things that we did so it got pretty deep into witchcraft stuff then yeah, after that we also we were doing Ouija boards. Um there were quite uh, quite a number of times that we were doing Ouija boards. Um I had gone to see a psychic. Um I I just was in such a yeah, dark place and it, it just seemed like it just kept increasing. You know, like yeah. voodoo, Ouija boards, psychic, um reiki healing, just the whole thing. So as you experienced those things, how did it feel in you? Did you feel like as you experienced those things, it was worse? Did you ever find temporary relief and then something different afterward? Or Yeah, I think that the the biggest relief that I ever found while I was in that was when like I was like on drugs or alcohol, um, not so much um, when I delved into like uh, the witchcraft side of things. I think that was more like curiosity and um oh like I wonder I wonder if we can communicate with the dead can we speak to the dead um you know like can can we draw in our past loved ones so yeah there was one time that we used a Ouija board at my house and like we literally just drew it on a piece of paper but the like the pointer was actually moving and that was so that scared me because I was like, oh, okay, th- this isn't just something that happens on movies. This is for real. Yeah. And then after that, we started yeah. to experience a lot of demonic things in our house because the doorway was opened. But I didn't right. realize it at the time. Yeah. It's crazy what happens when you open a door. It's so crazy. Yeah, I had things fly off my counters at one point in an apartment I lived in. Oh, yeah. That's intense. So- 
it, it get it can be intense. So what kind of crazy things were happening at your homes? Yeah. So uh, there, there were a number of times where I would have friends over and like th- there would be specific, not everybody could see it, but there were specific people that would say like there's a man standing like behind a door like I can see him and they would always just have like such a eerie feeling here um there was another time um where I I was in my room with one of my friends and he was saying "Uh, there's just something evil here and it doesn't want me here doesn't want me here and I just need to get out and he actually left because he was actually scared and I couldn't the funny thing is that I never noticed it I couldn't actually I don't know I just couldn't feel it I couldn't sense it. it I guess it was just normal to me because I I live here so yeah yeah. well and sometimes if you're the one to open that door you don't necessarily notice the difference right away right exactly yeah so you got into witchcrafty stuff it opened doors to other things there was demonic stuff happening at your house Mm -hmm. so what happened after that so after that, so the last point of the witchcraft saga was I one night I was at um, our local leagues club, drunk, whatever, just out of it, um, and one of the workers there came up to me and she just said to me, she said, you know, I can just, um, she actually asked for my necklace. So she held onto my necklace, she held my other hand, and she said, I can just sense that there's so much sadness. You have a lot of sadness and there are bad spirits that are trying to um, hold on to you and trying to stop you from meeting someone. Um, at that time I had no idea, you know, about which – well, I had an idea about witchcraft, but I didn't understand what she was actually doing. So she wasn't a Christian. Okay. Um, but she said, oh, like, I'm, I'm going to refer you to a um, spiritual healer is what she called her, a spiritual healer, and she's going to be able to help you. I went to this spiritual healer. I laid in this room. She put all these crystals and rocks around me, and they were, she was chanting all these things, just crazy. And that opened up the probably the biggest door because that's when I really started to encounter the demonic realm in such a traumatic way to the point of I could physically, I actually physically saw like demons. Like I could, I physically saw a demon that I actually thought it was Satan. I don't think it was, but at the time that's what it looked like to me. I could hear them. They were speaking to me. They were mocking me. They were growling. And this would go on. This went on for weeks and weeks and weeks and literally throughout the whole day. Wow. Um, it got to a point where I actually wanted to kill myself. It, it was, I was that traumatized. I couldn't be alone. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. It was constant throughout the day. I remember calling my best friend at the time and I just said to her, I'm, 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 and actually one of my ex-boyfriends, um, we remained in good contact and good friends, mm-hmm. and I just called them both and I just said, I'm going to kill myself. I can't. I can't. I don't want to live like this. This is not a way to live. Um, and she actually, um, the, the best friend at the time, she actually said to me, you know, like I can refer you, um, to someone that can help you. So, um, I got referred to, um, a church and it was, uh, there that I, um, gave my life to the Lord, um. A few weeks before that, um, there was another friend that actually came over and he was actually saved. And he um, he actually initially prayed for me. And 
I just, I just, he just told me to repent of everything, you know, um, mm-hmm. that I've done in my past. And he explained to me like Jesus and the Holy Spirit and how there is freedom, you know, and there, there is, there's, there's a second chance. And yeah, they were just casting out all of these spirits. And um, I just remember that first touch that I felt from God like I literally felt the hand of God just come through and touch my heart. And as soon as he did, like I looked up to the guy that was praying for me and I, I just bawling, crying, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's actually real. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was the first friend that came over to your house. Yeah. So that's the first time I encountered God. Um, mm-hmm. But then there was a massive deliverance that I experienced after that. Yeah. So that first friend that came over and prayed for you was did you reach out to him for help or did he just come on his own knowing that there was a need yeah so he so it was actually three of them but it was only one of them that I actually was friends with so the one I was friends with I was in like I was partying but I was also going to the gym like six yeah six days a week so he was at the same gym as me and we would all party and then go to the gym together, after, but, you know. Um, so a lot of my friends were like, what's going on with Kat? Like, she's lost her mind. Like, she's crazy. And he he's, he was saved, uh, still is, and mm-hmm. he, um, yeah, he just reached out to me and he said, look, like, you know, like I've heard about what's going on. I, I, I want to help you. Um, and it was as easy as that. We booked in a time. He got two of his other friends and they came here and they were just so ready and willing yeah. to pray for me. So that's awesome. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how God really does bring other people to you, even when you don't know how to ask for help? Yep. Exactly. He knew. He knew what I needed and I had no idea. Like I was ready to end my life. Like, yeah. Well, and it sounds like that first time in that small space at your own home with a friend prepared you for what happened next. Yep. It absolutely did. So from then on, like after that first time, uh, it was just the most beautiful. I felt, I could feel that love for like the next three weeks Mm. straight. Like, yeah, it was just beautiful. But then after that, I wasn't planted in a church. I didn't understand anything. I didn't know. I mean, I, I, I had an idea of um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I knew I encountered God in my heart, but I didn't understand that he's all we need and that we, we can't mix, we can't mix the two. So after that, I went to see a, a, another crystal healer because a, another friend of mine was like, you know, like there are still things lurking around and you need to get rid of them. Otherwise you're not going to be able to fully move forward. So I did. And then I can't explain to you the, oh, I felt horrible after that, like horrible. And then that's when my friend, yeah, called me and just told me to go to go to a, a church that then I had that massive yeah. delivery. So during that time up to the deliverance, were you still using drugs and alcohol? No, 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 no. I totally stopped that. It was literally like I, like when I felt that in my heart, like that touch from God, mm-hmm. it was an instant transformation. It wasn't progressive. It was literally instant. Like I was drug addicted, alcohol addicted one night. That night I have the encounter. The next morning, gone. 
Wow. And I was like, no, I wasn't in a relationship, but I was like really like in love with this guy. And I just remember <laughs> it was just a miracle because the, the night before I was like, you know, oh my gosh, like I want to be with him. That <laughs> It's like the Lord just totally ripped it out. Wow. Like I was free from alcohol addiction. I was free from drug addiction. I didn't even have any kind of emotional feeling towards this guy at all. And <laughs> my desires changed. I didn't want to go out partying. My friends still asked me. There was a time where I went out with them, but I didn't touch anything. Wow. And they were like, who are you? Like, <laughs> And I was like, I, don't, I actually don't want to do it. I don't have the desire to do it anymore. Yeah. God's amazing. The way one uh, touch, one touch can do that. One touch. So you had that experience and for three weeks felt this freedom. Yeah. It was literally the most beautiful three weeks of my whole entire life. Like I would, uh, you know, like I still encounter that love, but not to like that, that first touch was so powerful and precious and uh, I just I think about it all the time because it's just such a beautiful encounter I had and one that you know I take with me everywhere so yeah that's the beauty of encounters is they're so rich in experience Mm -hmm. and intensity Mm -hmm. that it's like a memory that we carry with us only well it is a memory but it's it's ingrained deeper than a typical memory Mm mm-hmm like when yeah. you've had that experience, sometimes you can just think about it and almost re-experience that moment all over again. Yeah, absolutely. And I do that all the time because I'm just like, oh, I want to feel that again. It was so beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. so three weeks, amazing. And then you went to this crystal healer, not really knowing what you were doing and you felt mm-hmm. terrible. So did that open more stuff again? Yep. Even worse than before. Oh. even less than before and yeah I it's just hard to even put into words how I actually felt because I really felt like I don't know if the Holy Spirit left me maybe um because I mean there were all these enchanting like she was just in like doing all these incartations and um chanting and it was just horrible it was so horrible so anyway like I met up with the the same friend from the gym that prayed for me the first time and I just said to him like you know like a friend of mine told me that I need to get all these spirits like away from me so I I just listened and I went to um a crystal healer and he just said no he said he said listen he said Jesus is it He's, 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 he's all, he's all you need. You don't need anything else. He can get rid of all of that for you. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling so like, oh, like I just felt like I've made such a big mistake because I didn't know. And that's, I guess, the importance of being um, plugged in with a solid church and, you know, a safe place that can mentor mentor and help people understand what to do, what not to do, especially being a brand new Christian. I had no idea about any of this. So. Absolutely. I so agree with that. Discipleship is so big. You can save someone and set them free, but if they don't know what to stay away from. Yeah. You know, they can go playing with the same demons all over again. Absolutely. Yeah. And it wasn't that I didn't want Jesus. I wanted him more than anything. I just didn't understand. And I didn't know that that's, that was something I shouldn't have gone back to. Like I didn't understand you know, the concept of like, yeah, like 
once you give your heart to God, you don't go back and and mix witchcraft and all of that stuff back in. Right. So, so your other friend told you to just come to church. Mm-hmm. When did you end up going? Was it a prayer night? Was it a regular service? What was this that you went to? Yes, it was a, um, they call it a revival night. They don't do it anymore, um, <clears throat> but they call it a revival night. So pretty much um, there's just like praise and worship and uh, then um, the pastor will just hear of God uh, for certain people. So me and my mom um, planned a time to come. We went there and, man, oh, God just showed up. So your mom went with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my mom have really good relationships. She's like my best friend. So, yeah, she's so, so supportive. Um, so, yeah, she came with me and, yeah, God really, really, really showed up. Okay, so I want to hear all about this. And because I've heard a little bit of it, I, I had no idea your mom was there. I can't even imagine what that must have felt like from her perspective watching all of that. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And my sister, I'm pretty sure my sister was there as well. Yeah. Cause she's kind of a little bit still traumatized <laughs> from the event. <laughs> I love fully, but you know, like it's, we've it was foreshadowed scary. this now, you know, everyone's <laughs> like traumatized. Wait, what, what are they talking about? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better let you tell the listeners <laughs> what actually happened that night. <laughs> So pretty much the pastor just started like to, he came over and he was just, um, he started to just call things out. Like, you know, um, he started, he, he told me things about my life that no one, literally no one knew. And I was like, this has to be God speaking because yeah. nobody else would know these things apart from him. So I was kind of like one over straight away, you know, and then he just started to say that like he was just calling out like there, there are things in your bloodline, your generational line. I can see this spirit, that spirit, everything that he was saying was so spot on. And then like that kind of led into this massive deliverance. So I had a extremely long and intense deliverance uh, to the point. So I got there, we got there at 7.30 at night um, and we actually left 4.30 a.m. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 7.30 to 4.30. Yeah. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just crazy. So nine hours. Yeah. (laughs) I had to do the math for a second. Yeah. Nine hours. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. They they were like they were really good through the whole thing, you know. Um, at no point was I pressured or anything like that to stay. Like you know, they would bring me water and ask if I'm okay. Ask if I wanted to stop, but I just wanted freedom so much. Yeah. I just wanted to keep going. I was like, just I want it all gone. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So during that deliverance process, what happened? Do you remember any of it while it was yeah. happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I, I do remember a lot of it. I think there are some things that I don't remember. I think it was probably just maybe like it was just a traumatic yeah. situation, but there is a lot I do remember. Um, 
you know, these demons, they were speaking through me. They took literally, like, control over my body. Uh, They were speaking to the pastor through me. They were cursing the name, like, of Jesus, like, mocking his name, um, laughing. Um, There was even a a, a, just a, like a, I think it was like a spirit of lust. Like, it's, it's, (laughs) at the time it was not funny. But right. when I look back now, I'm like, what the, what even <laughs> happened? That's just, that's like, that's what you see on TV. Yeah. So this spirit was trying to distract him and was like raising, like my eyebrows were like, you know, like to try and it was just doing weird stuff. Oh my gosh. And yeah, so it, like it would mock him, swear at him, like everything, like, yeah. There was one time that he ha- he felt he had to hold me down because he felt like God say, be careful because this next devil is going to try and, like, punch you, like, through me. And I'm not a violent person. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, my body was, like, th- like up. Like, it wasn't fully levitated, but there was a time that, but like. But levitated. Yeah. Like, my body was, like, yeah. But it was these demons, like, manifesting through my body. Wow. And, yeah, it's just such a weird, it was a weird feeling because I had, I was conscious and I had full knowledge of what was happening, but I had no control over the things I was saying or doing. Yeah. Yeah. What a crazy experience. It really was. It was so, so crazy. Um. The, yeah. So fast forward, what was it? Did you say nine hours? Yeah. <laughs> um, to count I'm like how long was that yeah Yeah. fast forward nine hours they so they actually counted how many devils they casted out of me and they said it was more than 30 they stopped counting at 30 because it was just so much yeah it was really such a big 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 deliverance and I can't even explain the feeling that I felt after it I I felt so light, you know, and before before experiencing that, I realized how heavy I felt. But you don't realize it until before. you're lighter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't realize it until you're lighter. And I was like, wow, like depression left, suicidal thoughts left. You know, there were so many things I had to renounce, I had to repent of, like things of my past, just crazy yeah. things, you know. Um so yeah, it, I'm just so grateful to God for that. Um, so yeah, my mum and my sister were with me, and I think it probably would have been hard for them to see me go through that um, at the mm-hmm. time. But I mean, these, you know, we 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 don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So no, yeah. Wow. Has your mom said anything to you about it since? Like, did she talk about what it was like for her or anything like that? Um, not really. I think, I mean, because so she was saved before I was. Okay. So I think she was at the time, she was kind of in the charismatic movement. Okay. So I think she had a little bit of an idea, but even I guess like to see like her daughter going through that, I guess like it would have been, you know, like, what's happening to my daughter? But she was really good through it. She was just like, you're okay, honey. And I'm like, oh. And then there was one time I grabbed the pastor when he was praying. I thought I was dying. That's how it, it literally felt like I was dying. When these devils were being ripped out of me, because they were detaching from, from yeah. my soul, 
I literally felt like I was dying. So I crept him and I'm like, am I going to die? Am I dying? He's like, no, no, no. I actually thought I was. Wow. He said, no, you're not. You're not going to die and you're not dying where, you know, this is a, de- it's, it's, it's a deliverance. We're ripping these devils away from you and you're going to experience so much freedom. So, yeah. I think my sister, though, was a little bit um, disturbed. Yeah. It's probably the best way to, <laughs> well, <laughs> to describe it. It's not every day you see a demon talking out of a person or levitating your sister's body. So No, I thought that was just in horror movies, but apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get the ideas for horror movies from somewhere, right? I know, right? Gosh, crazy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So yeah. you felt light afterward. You just... Um, yeah, I felt so light and, oh, man, like, so, like, so after that deliverance, I felt light, but I also felt really empty and I was so tired, like, it really, not sleepy tired, like, I felt exhausted. It took a lot of energy out of me because yeah. it was a fight. I was fighting, yeah, and, like, there were times throughout it where, um, like the pastor would say, like, fight, don't let these things speak through you because it's your body, you know, that that's, yeah. it's, this shouldn't be happening. Um, yeah, so after after that the deliverance was complete, then um, they prayed, like, you know, for, like, the indwelling um, of the Holy Spirit and for the Holy Spirit to just, just, yeah, come in and fill me up. And after that I just felt so light and just there was so much peace. The peace yeah. was so beautiful. That's amazing. Mm. So did you have more experiences like that first time God touched your heart at that point or was it just like a steady stability at that point? Yeah, I didn't. That o- The only time I felt that love was that first time. Uh, so the second time when I had that big deliverance, it was just like an overwhelming peace. Mm. And I guess just like knowing, you know, that that this this is this is not just a, a overnight thing. This is a, a life lifetime commitment. And yeah. this is something that I'm ready to do. And I'm ready to just give God my whole my whole life, my whole heart, everything. Like I just didn't want to look back. So that's amazing. So from that moment of this mass, amazing deliverance, what shifted in your life right away after that? I mean, we know that the heaviness went away and the suicidal thoughts went away and the peace came. Mm -hmm. But how did that start translating into other areas of your life too right away? I literally, my heart changed like overnight. My desires changed. I didn't want to go out party I didn't want to be around even people that would swear I didn't want to be around I couldn't even I was because I didn't to be honest I don't actually really understand what causes this but after the deliverance like that massive deliverance I was very sensitive um I could literally feel God's heart it was as if it was mine like like it was like heartbeat I don't I don't know but I couldn't be around people that would swear that would listen to secular music I couldn't watch like movies I couldn't like anything so I still tried to maintain friendships without being involved in the party scene yeah but 
it was really hard for me because my friends would still swear and still do this and still do that. And I was that sensitive that I literally just I couldn't be around them because I, I could feel it hurt. Like it hurt. Yeah. I don't know if it was my heart, God's heart, I don't know, but, yeah. So pretty much I just, it was without effort really. I just wanted to uh, consume everything, every area of my life with Jesus. So I yeah. literally, it might sound bad, but I just cut out everyone. I cut out every single person. Um, I was still there, like, for them if they wanted to maintain a relationship with me, but I let them know this isn't my life anymore. I can't be around this anymore. I've gone through a massive life change and I need to go yeah. with this because I experienced something real and I just can't risk being in any wrong environments. Yeah. So yeah. literally everything changed. Yeah, my whole life. But my but after that deliverance, you know, like my heart, He God changed my heart. I had different desires. I wanted to learn about him. I wanted to to know more about him. I wanted to learn about the word. I wanted to learn how to live right, you know, really yeah. live for him. So you did have some friends that were walking with God and believers. So were they still around you? They were, but because they were at a different um, church, we would still like catch up every so often and he would help me with things like, you know, like or we would call each other actually probably like, I don't know, like once a week or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So he was such a big support, really, really big support. I'm so grateful that God, like God really used him. So we did stay in contact for quite a, like many years after that. Um, And that helped. It helped because I felt like I had Jesus. Um, At the time, I didn't really care that I lost my, like my friends. But now (laughs) I really miss them. Like, so like I miss the not the partying and everything, right. but the the friendships. And I think that I I probably hurt a lot of people, especially the people that were closest to me, because I just kind of dropped off off yeah. their world. But I just I had to I I just had to I had to be in the right environment for yeah. my walk with him. I totally understand that. There are yeah. times that we have to be in the cave. So yeah. that we can deal with things there and we can grow before we can come out again, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It was, those. yeah, it wasn't hard for me to do at the time, but now I look back and I'm like, man, hmm. it's hard for me now. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's all for him and he knows, he knows why, he knows what he's doing. Um, and th- th- it was amazing because there was a word he gave me and he said to me, the friends that, I've ordained for like I've ordained to be in your life. I'm going to bring them back to you and they're going to come back to you. It's not, you don't have to do anything. I'm going to bring them back myself. And he did. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. God is so, so good that way. And it can be so hard in the moments when we have to separate. Obviously when you feel the desire for that, it's not necessarily hard for you in that moment, but like you said, later it can be like, Oh, I miss them, you know, but God is so good to bring back together the things that need to be. So true. Yeah, absolutely. Such a blessing. He's just Mm. amazing. (laughs) He is. And sometimes we forget, like, you know, especially like if like we're going through hard times and whatnot, it's so easy to forget where he's brought us from and everything he's brought us through. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so good to always reflect back and just think like look at everything if I sit down and think about every single thing that he's 
brought me through, especially from my past. Like I was a mess. I couldn't hold a job. I couldn't even hold like a stable relationship, cheated on. Like it was just, I literally had no hope. There, yeah. yeah, there was no hope. I actually forgot. There's just so many sections of of my um, testimony that sometimes I forget to add things in. But the thing that changed the most, uh, I'm just kind of backtracking, is yeah. so this is before I gave my heart to the Lord and when I really did want to just end my life. I yeah, There was one night that I, I th- I'm pretty sure I was drunk, but I just was in my room drunk I think I was probably on drugs as well I don't know but I was just so depressed and such in such a down moment and I just looked up and I said God I don't know if you're real I don't know if you can hear me but if you are do something and change my life because I don't want to live like this anymore I reached the end of myself and he heard that prayer and it was three months after I prayed that prayer that everything all everything went crazy and haywire so he knows when we get to that point of desperation and where we want to change. Yeah. It's interesting that things went haywire after that prayer. Yeah. But sometimes God knows that we have to experience the absolute upheaval crazy yeah. to fully be delivered. Uh-huh. I had a dream like two nights ago now. Uh-huh. And in the dream, I was praying and contending with people for breakthrough and for freedom uh-huh. for someone. And probably for more than one person, but mm-hmm. we it was like we could see spiritually what God was doing and what was happening. And yeah. we could see the breakthrough start to come, like the wall was starting to crumble in this area. And then the mm-hmm. enemy would kind of shift and like, you know, try to mend it. And there would be a moment of frustration, but then there'd be, no, we're breaking through. Now we adjust and God's giving us this this aspect now that we need to do, you know, and mm-hmm. a new strategy. And we would keep at it and we would keep pressing and praying. And during this, God's speaking. Wow. So there was this moment where there were these two little girls there. I guess they belonged to some of the people I was praying with in the dream. And they were just giggling and running around and, you know, being little kids. And mm-hmm. I looked over them and they at them and they saw me looking at them and they kind of got sheepish and they were like, Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I know we're getting into mischief. And I said, no, no, it's okay. You're just exploring and adventuring because you're curious Mm -hmm. and that's okay. That's what kids are supposed to do. And I kind of snuggled them and they said, some of those things that God was saying that he was going to do sounded really scary. Oh, and I smiled and I like hugged them both. And I said, sometimes God has to do big things. And shake things up quite a bit to shake away everything that does not belong so that only the right things remain and our prayers really do get answered. Yeah. And I said, but when he's doing the shaking or the explosive things, we don't have to be afraid because he's the one doing it. And I just smiled. And that was really what I remember of the dream. But I woke up and I was like, isn't that true? Isn't that true? So true. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That even speaks to me so much now. That like <laughs> blesses my heart. Perspective, honestly, that is so true. When he's yeah. doing the shaking, that's a good word. Yeah, God's so good to talk in dreams. But when you were talking about that, it's like you asked him. You said, "If you're real, show me." And then you have haywire stuff happen. It's almost like he had to show you what was going on demonically, yeah. so that he could free you from it and show him, show you yeah. himself. 
yeah, yeah. absolutely otherwise I, I had no idea you know so right. it's just so amazing <laughs> he's so amazing he's so amazing he might come in the earthquake and you know there might be a shaking there might be an explosion like a volcano it, it could erupt the dam might break and the water burst forth but it's always to wash away and remove all the things that don't belong amen absolutely yeah. so grateful so so grateful grateful for it all you know there are yeah like <clears throat> yeah like I guess there was a time like after I was saved that I, I would look back in my life and I would have questions for God like why why did I have to go through like this breakup, that breakup, this situation, that situation? Why did these things have to happen? But as he, you know, as we continue to walk with him and as we mature in him, it, it it's actually beautiful because he he allows these things to happen. You know, sometimes for us to be able to have a voice and then to help other people Absolutely. later on. And I just think there's so much beauty in that, that he he trusts us that much and he, he wants us to partner with him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm just so, I'm grateful for it all. I'm grateful for the hard times and for the good times, you know, and, and like where would we be, honestly, without him? So Yes. Yeah, yeah it's funny because sometimes when we look back, we see all this pain, right? Like we see the trauma and it can be hard to Mm -hmm. see, wait, where were you in that God? Yeah. But it's funny because I've been working on putting together a Bible study. That's like an online video study or a book study, I guess, for my book. Oh, nice. And I was just finishing the last video last night and there's a chapter or a day called collateral blessings. And that's what it talks about. Oh, wow. It talks about the collateral blessings because sometimes we look back and we can't find the good in that situation. You know, we can't understand where were you in that, but we can look and go, what were the collateral blessings that came out Mm -hmm. of that? Who were the people that showed up in that moment that brought Mm -hmm. God to me or brought the word that I needed right then? Who were the friends that I made as a result of that? And who are the people that I'm now able to help because of what happened. You know, it's like my book is a collateral blessing of the trauma. Yeah. Every person that I get to speak to and like speak into that has been through something similar is a collateral blessing. This podcast is a collateral blessing, you know? So it's like what you were saying, Mm. it's hard to understand in the moment, but sometimes we have to go through those things because once we've experienced it and been delivered, we have the capability of doing the same for others. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, There's so much beauty in that, like that God trusts us to do that. So, yes, grateful for it all. Yes. Um, You know, the verse in Genesis where Joshua, not Joshua, sorry, Joseph, the other J J name, (laughs) where Joseph tells his brothers, you know, the enemy meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, even to save the lives of many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even to save the lives of many. Sometimes I just thank God. Thank you, God, that you take it all and you turn it for good, even to save the lives of many. And I thank you, God, that I, for every person, I thank you, God, for every person that I get to partner with you in saving for your kingdom. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. So beautiful. It's just the best. It's the best. It is. So if you could leave the listeners with one thought or nugget or encouragement to take with them today, what would it be? 
to just just reach out to him you know he's he's closer he's he's closer than than the sound of your own voice to yourself you know and, and in times that we we feel like we're alone <clears throat> and we might not understand the situation that we're in and when we're burdened with pain and betrayals rejection whatever it is just just speak to him because he's honestly he is always there there's not a there's not a single thing that you can say uh, that he won't hear you know so it, it's as simple as reaching out to him if if I, you know, there's that saying, and I'm pretty sure there might be a scripture about this as well, but, you know, he loved he loved me at my darkest. I was full of sin. I, I, like, I didn't even know, you know, I mean, I heard of Jesus, but I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with him. I didn't understand anything about that or the spirit realm. And he actually reached out and grabbed me at my darkest. So if he's going to reach out and grab us at our darkest, how much more is he going to reach out and grab grab us, you know, in our desperation, in our, you know, in our pain? So just, yeah, just really be encouraged with that. Just yeah. call out to him, just Jesus. And sometimes we don't have the words to speak, but he hears our heart. And that's the beauty of it. So absolutely. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Never. Ever. And he's there and even the darkest places, unbelievably so, but yeah. true. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So, so good. Thank you so much for doing this podcast episode with me. I'm so excited to share it. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's such an honor. I was so blessed when you asked me. I was like, oh, wow. It's such an honor to be here, Brittany. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you next week. Begin.